Willie Jung, thank you so much for joining me. I really ap appreciate it, uh, the chance to talk with you about evaluation, about the SIP model, about a bunch of different topics. Um, thank, thanks uh, so much. Um, what, what, let me start off by just asking, uh, how did you initially get involved with the SIP model, with the uh, with uh, Dan Stuffelbeam and his work? And uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, about that. Great, thank you. My pleasure, Dr. Pan. Uh, I first learned about uh, Dr. Daniel Stuffelbeam's CIPP model about 22 years ago from my professor, Dr. David Miller while I was working on my PhD degree in research and evaluation methodology at the University of Florida. I was immediately drawn to the model and was able to put it into to use right away. At that time, I was the evaluator for the National Science Foundation Succeed Program. Uh, it's a 10-year NSF program involving nine engineering colleges in Southeast United States, aiming at improving engineer education. Applying the SIP model in the evaluation of the SUCCEED program, I received the American Society for Engineer Education Best Paper Award and the Frontiers in Education Best Paper Award. Then about 15 years ago, I was working with several colleagues at East Carolina University on a service learning project. As the evaluator, I, again, I applied the SIP model and wrote a paper about it. Uh, well, my colleagues, uh, Dr. Chris Shea said, why don't you send the paper to Staffelbeam and see how he thinks about your application of the SIP model? I said, for real? I didn't think she was being serious because in my mind, Staffelbeam was such a huge name, was a, a legendary figure, sure. a trend yeah. in the evaluation field. So yeah. it's very much beyond reach. But uh, Chris Shea found uh, Dr. Stafford-Beam's email uh, online and shared with me and encouraged me to send it to him. So I sent my paper to him and didn't really think that I had to hear from him. To my great surprise, I received an email reply from Dan the following day. And to my greatest surprise, he gave the paper the highest praise and asked if I'd be interested in writing a book on a safe model with him. He said that for 40 years, he wrote many, many uh, journal articles uh -huh. about the model, but had not yet written a book exclusively right. on the model. Yeah. And he had been looking for someone who used the model extensively with great fidelity to author the book with him. Basically, he asked me to co-author the same book based on that one paper, just one paper. Honestly, I don't think that he even knew whether I was a man or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you can tell from my name, many people mistaken me for, for a guy when they see so my right. name. Yeah, yeah. So needless to say, I was very honored. So since then, we exchanged our thoughts and ideas about SIP model frequently and started working on the model, uh, the SIP model book. He also provided a expert consultation on several grant projects that I evaluated. We worked on the SIP model for several years, meticulously, sorry. He yeah. asked me to write a book proposal and kind of encouraged me to take the lead on writing SIP uh, workshop proposals for AERA and AEA annual conferences. 
Thanks to his encouragement and mentorship, I, uh, in 2012, as a co-editor of a Journal of Curriculum and Instruction, I received the Outstanding Contribution to Teacher Education Award by AACTE. And also, I was uh, officially recognized by the U.S. government as an outstanding professor and researcher. Over the years, our families also formed friendship. He and his uh, wife, Carolyn, used to always send us a huge box of Florida oranges during Christmas time while they stayed in their Florida home to my husband and me. And those are the most delicious oranges I, we have ever had. <laughs> when our book published in early 2017, I was very happy about how it turned out. Unfortunately, on July 24th, 2017, I received a phone call from his beloved wife, Carolyn, and learned that the sad news that Dan passed away the day before. I was deeply saddened. I was distraught, deeply saddened that the evaluation field lost a founding father and I lost my co-author and mentor and a great friend. Yeah. I remember when that happened, you know, and I, I remember, uh, you know, for us, um, I think we're very fortunate that that book came out because I remember learning about the SIP model about 20 years ago and learning about it mostly through very, like from here, you know, here and there, like different articles, different chapters and the, the checklist, of course, and some other things. And it was just a welcome uh, addition to have that, that book come out finally to, uh, you know, devoted fully to the SIP model. And how did you all like coordinate the, you know, writing, writing at a distance? Was that a, was that a challenge that you sort of, um, yeah, how did, how did that work out? Um, uh, email communication and phone calls. So uh -huh. we divided up the chapters. He actually divided up, we had equal, about equal numbers of chapters. We write the chapters, draft the chapters independently then we exchange and uh, we critique on each other's work and, uh, uh, and we work each other's work to our uh, satisfaction. Um, sometimes we have to put phone calls to discuss. So it's truly a collaborative work. Nice. I enjoy the process and I'm very humbled by the process. And uh, it was a learning process for me. Yeah, so nothing like writing a uh... A textbook about the, something to really uh, to really un understand it deeply. Um, when you explain the SIP model to colleagues, to students, to others, and, and maybe you don't have a lot of time to do it, like how, how do you sort of do it concisely? How do you explain the model and its unique sort of aspects, advantages? You know, a lot of valuation models out there, right? How do you how do you talk about the the SIP model? Explain, um, yeah, sure. So this actually calls for like an elevator talk, I guess. Uh, the SIP model is an easy to use framework that guides people to conduct sound evaluations step by step. The four letters CIPP stands for context, input, process, and product. The SIP model provides for systematic principled evaluation of a program's context, input, process, and product. Essentially, these four types of evaluation address four fundamental questions. What needs to be done? How should it be done? Is it being done? Did it succeed? So context evaluation is often referred to as a needs assessment. It asks the question, 
what needs to be done and helps assess needs, problems, assets, and opportunities within a defined community and environmental context. Input evaluation helps prescribe a program to address the identified needs. It asks the question, how should it be done, and identifies procedural designs and educational strategies most likely to achieve the identified needs mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and desired, desired results. Process evaluation monitors the program implementation process. It asks the question, is it being done? And provides a continuous and ongoing check on a program's implementation process. And finally, product evaluation identifies and assess program outcomes. It asks the question, did it succeed? And it's similar to the commonly known outcome evaluation. Right. I, I find this model to be helpful. For me, it was very helpful because it's a great way to just teach about evaluation in general, because those four dimensions, you know, people, a lot of times people will associate evaluation with outcome evaluation, not the other three aspects as, as well. Um, so I find the SIP model is a nice way for to sort of start at the beginning, you know, sort of the, the what, you know, what needs to be done, what are the needs of the organization, what are the, what should the goals and objectives be just starting there. But also, it's nice and flexible. You don't necessarily have to do all four components. That's true, yeah. And they don't necessarily go sequentially, depending where the program is in its mm-hmm. life cycle, right? And depending on when the evaluator gets involved in the program. So yeah. you may uh, do not need the context and input uh, or even the process. So all depend. Uh, again, like you said, flexibility uh, is the beauty of it. Is the input evaluation typically associated with program design? Um, is that, uh, are they one That's of the same or they overlap? Oh, yeah. yeah, input evaluation essentially is the program design. It draws on all great minds and all uh, literature and the current existing resources and to formulate a plan to achieve the desired results to meet the identified needs. So, program design is, is another word for it, I guess. Great. What, um, what would you say are like the, the unique advantages of using the, the SIP model um, that maybe you don't see in other evaluation models or approaches or frameworks? Yeah, I think there are quite a few. Uh, overall, the SIP model is a comprehensive framework for conducting formative and summative evaluation program and projects. It is configured especially to enable and guide comprehensive, systematic, systematic is the key word, examination of social and educational programs that occur in the dynamic, septic condition of the real world. Uh, it is, uh, as you know, one of the earliest model. Uh, it was developed in the 1960s. So it's a half, a cent- a half century old model, yeah. yet it's continuously updated so it's still the, one of the most widely used tried and true evaluation approaches. It also provides directions for assessing a program context input process and product, which is unique. And uh, also uh, uh, it's uh, remarkable that a fundamental tenet of the SIP model is that evaluation purpose is not only to prove, but also, and more importantly, to improve. Um, it not only guides evaluation specialists to effectively 
carry out evaluations, but also provides for meaningful involvement of our program stakeholders throughout the evaluation process. So um, I think another feature is that the SIP model is not an obscure, highly technical approach accessible only to highly skilled research methodologists, but a common sense approach that can be understood and applied by a wide range of evaluation clients, program staffs, program constituents, as well as evaluation specialists. Overall, the SIP model is an overarching comprehensive approach that when applied correctly, can meet users for a range of evaluation needs. And so users can be confident about the model's soundness, generalizability, and utility. There's a, a, per, a participatory aspect to the model as well, mm -hmm. like how to engage stakeholders that's mentioned. I remember yeah, participatory empowerment and the utilization focus. So it draws all these uh, great features and uh, you know, just uh, and make it a systematic approach. So um, I think uh, it certainly have a lot of advantages and strengths. Would you say that the framework, it's, um, it's a living framework? Like it's something that is being added to or evolving? Um, yes. To, oh. to some degree, there's, there's cert it's certainly being used quite a bit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, over the course of 50 years, it's continuously evolving. And as you search the literature, uh, as also you see in the appendix of the book, um, it's used in all of the disciplines in hundreds of dis dissertations, and uh, we are continuously um, updating the model. Uh, recently, I have been working with his son, Joe Stafford-Beam, uh, some, uh, with some you know, technical part of the, the, the model to maybe develop an app or something that people can use to, to do the checklists. So- um, Oh, nice. Are, <laughs> yeah. So um, modernize the SIP model, uh, I guess, in a way. Really interesting. Um, yeah, the, so the current checklist, the one that's on the Western Michigan uh, site is the, is the current one, is that right? Um, and the, that, those are, um, there are quite a few uh, Michigan, Western Michigan website. They were developing in 2014. So this book uh, was published uh, as uh, we discussed before in 2017. Mm -hmm. And these checklists are actually more up to date. So when Dan and I were working on the model, we updated those checklists. The checklists that are in, in the book itself. Are the newest, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you might, there, there might be a sort of, the, so the idea then uh, of, of taking it and uh, putting it into electronic form and, and uh, making it interactive. I think, yeah, in today's world, electronic form, you know, um, will be, make it more useful and user-friendly. Yeah, no, definitely. It'd be great to see what you all, what you all come with, come up with. I, I didn't realize that his son was working on, on that and, and was an evaluator. So that's really interesting to, to hear. And his, his son is actually a, a rock scientist and oh, working okay. for NASA. Yeah, oh, wow. He, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But he was involved in the SIP model. Makes sense. I wonder. I wonder if he's if he's used it in his own work. Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 
Um, so uh, for students who take an evaluation course um, or, um, you know, but, but are not necessarily um, studying evaluation to become evaluators, what, uh, you know, what, what do you hope that they'll bring to uh, their future work um, from what they learn in evaluation? Because, well, you know, in our programs, students have to take evaluation, but they're not necessarily, uh, they're, well, they're not. Uh, it's just, it's like a research methods class or, or statistics. It's like one of those additional classes they have to take. And then they focus on, you know, their, their main uh, discipline, you know, if it's developmental disabilities or criminal justice or whatever, but we try to bring in that valuation. What do you hope that students will uh, bring into their future work from what they learn in, in, in evaluation uh, classes? What would you, what would you say? I think an evaluator's perspective or mindset is what they should to bring to their future work. So evaluation is a process of determining something's value. And anyone, not just evaluators, often need to determine something's value. That is to conduct an evaluation, uh, you know, often in the form of informal evaluation. Throughout history, people necessarily have conducted investigations to guide decision-making and reach value-based judgments. Evaluations are naturally occurring phenomena. So I think it's very beneficial for any students to take an evaluation course, or at least gain some knowledge about evaluation, even though they are not learning to become evaluators. It will help them to form the habit of judging things holistically, objectively. People with evaluation training won't jump to conclusions, often wrong conclusions, based on no or partial evidences. So I think, uh, you know, having the ex experience of uh, taking an um, evaluation course will benefit them, uh, uh, you know, indefinitely. Is, is what you're talking about, is it uh, consistent with this notion of evaluative thinking? Uh, mm -hmm, that's true. Bring that into uh, an organization or into one's mind or one's practice. Right. Um, so it's it's a bit of that. The best way to learn how to you how to do evaluation. What do you what do you recommend to students and uh, beginning evaluators who are starting out? How, how how should they? What's the best way that they can really learn how to do it in a competent way in a um, most most of sort of the, the quickest way to to you know to gain fluency. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, not be intimidated by a, such a term a technical term and uh, take a common sense approach, follow a step-by-step -step guide and learn by doing. Uh, I recommend following the SIP model because of its user-friendly nature and that it's not highly technical. I truly believe that our SIP evaluation model book allows anyone to easily learn to conduct sound evaluation that meet the professional evaluation standards. Yeah, I find the book to be helpful. We have a, not the entire book, we have portions of it that are required reading in a few of the classes that I have. So I'm very grateful that you all, that you developed the book. Um, so I, can, I, can I ask you what uh, other related resources, of course, is the book, any other resources that you find to be helpful um, related to evaluation that you recommend for colleagues, students, beginning evaluators, what are your what are your go-to resources suggestions? Yeah. yeah, you know, first and foremost, as you mentioned, the book, the SIP book, 
Especially, yeah. I want to point out the updated checklists that are included in the book, as well as the list of uh, existing studies that use the SIP model. So uh, in the appendix of the book, uh, we, I listed all the uh, existing papers, uh, dissertations, uh, reports, monographs that use the, the SIP work. So it, it really serve uh, as an example of how um, the SIP model can be used. So that's a great resource. Another uh, Western Michigan Evaluation Center provides a wealth of resources, including many checklists, not only dance uh, checklists, uh, and, you know, like uh, Michael Scriven and so forth. So, and also they develop a lot of online modules that people can use to learn in a dynamic, uh, interactive way to learn about evaluation. Uh, yeah. the third, Sorry, the, 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 those modules, those are at Western Michigan? They have uh, the, um, through the, or, or is there a different one uh, through the evaluation? Yeah, center? Western Michigan uh, okay. Evaluation Center. Okay, uh, great. Um, yes. You know, earlier, later last year, I was involved in developing those modules and provided video um, recordings, uh, uh, several segments of video recordings that contribute to these online modules. And as well as the AEA website provides the contact information for hundreds of evaluators and members. So uh, you can easily reach out to people for questions and to form collaborative teams. Great, that's really helpful. Thanks. The, um, so in what ways do you think evaluation, um, can evaluation be used to improve our world? Uh, the issues that we're facing, we, you know, dealing with uh, misinformation, fake news, as we've been struggling with that now for, for years, uh, global climate disruption, social, economic inequities, any you know, thoughts about like our, our role, our place and, and uh, our disciplines uh, potential uh, impact there? That is a great question. Uh, evaluation absolutely plays a critical role in a society. As Dan and I wrote in the Simple Evaluation Model book, evaluation most important purpose not, is not to prove, but to improve, to improve the world. Uh, sound evaluation should be used routinely for value judgment and decision-making in a society, especially in today's world, to prevent harmful misinformation, misguided judgment, and uninformed decision-making for those can do disservice as well as uh, harm to our society. Moreover, I think more regulations should be put into place to ensure that evaluators are qualified to conduct evaluations and uh, the professional evaluation standards should be used in evaluation practices and meta-evaluations should be conducted regularly to ensure uh, evaluation accountability. First time I came across meta evaluation was through through Dan's work. In fact, I called I called him, spoke with him to do it. In a, oh, great! On one of our projects, and he wasn't. A, he initially was going to do it, and then it, it didn't work out. Um, but uh, he was very kind. I remember talking with him. It was again twenty years ago or something like that. But uh, you were recently elected to the AA Board of Directors. Um, what are some things that you'd like to accomplish while you're in that position? Well, I'm very honored to be entrusted 
to serve in that uh, position uh, to become the part of the leadership of the American Evaluation Association. I hope to contribute to AEA's well-being, growth, and the impact in uh, at least the three aspects. Um, one is the international outreach and impact. Uh, I want to uh, advocate for and promote the international outreach and AEA's international presence and programs um, to uh, you know, create a bigger impact globally. Um, and second, I want to bet, better service our membership and clients and audiences. Thirdly, the inclusion and diversity of AEA and its membership. In March, together with the leadership team of AEA, we issued a statement clearly stating that the association condemns any and all forms of discrimination against Asian Americans, Asians, Pacific Islanders, and other groups. The association is committed to foster inclusivity in all of its programs and activities and calls for its members to redouble their efforts to effect, to effect the critical change changes needed to improve the professional climate of the association. Which, uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, wh which books uh, do you like to give as a gift or recommend uh, to, to people, uh, to your colleagues, friends, and, uh, and why? Okay, two books. One is, uh, of course, the SIP evaluation model book. Besides people who wish to learn to conduct evaluations, it's beneficial for anyone to learn some knowledge about how to evaluate, that is to judge the value of things in his or her life. Now the second, here's the book that uh, I wrote uh, um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, um, called Dragon Mom, Eagle Mom, Raising uh -huh. Great Children with Chinese and American Integrated Education. This is a book that I wrote about how parents and teachers can combine the strength of American and Chinese education and provide the ideal education to our children. Uh, we know that US education's uh, top strength is, uh, is uh, foster creativity in children. And the top strength of education in China is holding children to higher education standards. So, effectively combine both strengths will give us the best of both worlds and develop children's creativity as well as academic excellence. Is it, is it a challenge to combine those two? Like, do they conflict in some way or can they, uh, or just it's all about how you implement it? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? That's, that's really interesting. You're, you're right. You know, the, uh, China, the, town, the culture of China and the, the US culture is so different in the way parents are thinking uh, about uh, their children and, and about education. And teachers' way of teaching and thinking are very different. So it is very challenging. That's why it takes a book <laughs> to talk about how we can uh, effectively combine the two cultures um, and, uh, and you know, draw the strength from the to assist to education systems. And, is, the, is the book available in multiple languages or is it? Uh, currently it's uh, 
uh, it's mainly in Chinese. It has some English subtitles. Okay. Uh, but uh, that's yet to be uh, to be developed into uh, different languages. But uh, you know, if people have interest and they can uh, contact me, and I'll be able to you know talk in the language needed to better communicate the ideas, the concepts. Well, great. That is uh, that's a fascinating idea. I'd love to hear more more about it, learn more about it. So, um, is is there more information aside from the book about about that notion about how to combine the two, or is uh, have you done other sorts of um, uh, posts or or uh, any other kind of resources that are available in, in English uh, that we could share or anything like that, or that's something you'd like to do more of, or yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I actually founded a um, a family education institute, American Family Education Institute, called uh, AmericanFEI.org, where you know I post uh, resources for mainly parents as well as teachers about family education. Uh, so that's a website that has a lot of information that teachers and parents can use, AmericanFEI.org. Um, oh, great. So American Family Education Institute that I founded uh, almost 10 years ago. Um, so I'm also the anchor host of the um, Family Education Channel and the American Education Channel on Weibo. I currently have 250,000 followers there. And I regularly post about evaluation and education there. Oh, that's great. Wow. Um, so I think you've, you've answered probably a little bit of that, but uh, how, how should people, um, what are, how should they stay in touch with you? And what are their ways to, to follow um, the work that you're doing uh, to connect with you? What are, what are some good ways to do that? Great. What I mentioned is one uh, way. And also as a board member, board of directors member of AEA, I'm working, currently working on the bylaws of the American Evaluation Association. I encourage people to join AEA and work together to improve the world. And I'm also on the editorial advisory board of the American Journal of Evaluation. So following the AJE journal, will let people stay up to date with the new development in the evaluation field. Uh, I can also be found on other social media like uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, ResearchGate, Twitter, and WeChat. Okay, so we can, we can share your, uh, your handles uh, and the notes uh, so people can, can uh, connect with you as well. Great. Um, Anything else? Anything else you'd like to share? Any other sort of uh, any other uh, uh, things that would be helpful to to share? I know we've covered a lot, but uh, before we wrap up, I think we covered a lot, and uh, yeah. you asked the great questions, and uh, I thank you for the opportunity, and I enjoyed talking with you, Dr. Pan. This was so uh, insightful, and uh, really appreciate your time here, and I think this will be uh, helpful for for a wide variety of audiences, uh, just to, to get uh, some insight and, and direction about, uh, well, how to learn about the SIP model some more and some other things and, and just you know, learn, learn and be able to follow uh, your work. So really appreciate that so much. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure. Thanks.